0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Xamarin Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in mobile development for Xamarin developers, covering the world of Xamarin, .NET, Azure, and more. I'm Matt Sokup.
1: And I'm James Montemagno. And I'm David Ortonow.
0: Oh, we have our regular, new, recurring guest, David Ortonow back, (laughs) and David, I'm so glad you joined us again because you know what? There is a brand new .NET 6 preview dropping. So fill us in. What's all new with that?
2: That's right. Preview 3 is going out the door, is out the door. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about what's in there for .NET MAUI. Um, First off, uh, we have a little utility that uh, one of our team members, Jonathan Dick, has put together called MAUI Check. It's a .NET tool you can install, and uh, it will go ahead and check your whole environment and say, do you have all the things you need for Android, iOS, Mac Catalyst? Um, And it's being updated soon to be able to support Windows as well which is in Preview 3, so Project Reunion 0.5 just shipped, and that includes WinUI 3 support. So uh, we have worked with the team to enable that for .NET 6, and that is included in .NET MAUI now. Um, you will want to use Visual Studio 1610 latest preview to use that and follow all the instructions for setting up Project Reunion, but we're excited to finally have that fourth fourth uh, platform in the in the can. Um, I don't know why I'm calling it a can now, but it's a can. So there it is. Uh, let's see what else is in here. So a um, couple updates to the application architecture. Uh, in preview two, if you uh, did a .NET new and looked at the code for that, you would have seen that the app was a Maui app. It was called Maui app. Now, it's actually just called Application, um, but we've kind of combined a couple of concepts in there. But this is still the class that instantiates your your window for the multi-windowed applications or single. Um, but uh, it also now will bring in any app XAML resources that you might have. So for those who have uh, experience with Forms, that will look very familiar to you. Um, One of the most exciting things that's in this release uh, is new extensions for the host builder to do native lifecycle event hooks. So if you have native things you need to do on Android, iOS, Mac, or Windows, you can easily tap into them with a configure lifecycle events um, method. It's an extension method. And you can do simple things like, hey, I want to be able to do something when when the user clicks the back button or taps the back button on an Android device. Um, but more interestingly, this is something that we are using for the Essentials APIs that are now baked into Xamarin. <laughs> I just said Xamarin, <laughs> that are baked into .NET MAUI. Um but this is something that other libraries like shiny, prism, um sharp nato, you know what have you ffimage all the great things that are out there in the ecosystem you can use this same uh method now to initialize any of your platform specific stuff so Uh, Whereas in the past, you would have to run around to the main activity and the app XAML and your Windows stuff or your app delegates on the Apple platforms, and you'd have to do special incantations of initializations. You can now do this in a a single cross-platform, much simplified way using this new host builder method. So uh, Native Lifecycle Events makes all of that possible. And we have a blog post that will be up on the .NET blog if it's not already that covers all of this in detail with code samples so you can see all of this and how you can take advantage of it or at least give you an expectation of, of how you'll be using some of your favorite libraries in the future. And then last but not least is the ongoing work to bring all the controls and light them up in .NET MAUI and bring all the latest uh, layout work that we've been working towards. Um, And we actually have quite a few community contributors that have engaged with us and are starting to submit PRs for these controls. So we call them handlers. It's It's a new architecture in .NET MAUI that's much more performant, much easier to extend. And uh, we've got a handful of, I think, six, seven, eight uh, different pull requests from the community. So thank you to everybody who's begun engaging. Probably the most exciting thing for me is hearing them report to us that um, this, this is really fun to contribute to and it's much easier to do than Forms was. The code is easier to navigate and understand and the pull requests are bite-sized. So that's really cool. Um, couple of the updates to layouts, we've now added uh, the layout options for alignment. Horizontal layout alignment, vertical layout alignment, that's available on uh, within a stack layout in a grid. And the grid now also auto sizes um, for the content as well as you can add absolute sizing. So yet to come is that wonderful star asterisk uh, that will uh, you know fill the content, fill the space. Um, but that'll be coming up very soon. The cool thing about Grid is it's being rewritten to be MAUI first, uh, optimized for performance. We now have layout managers that are you know, the one-stop shop place to manage all of your layout. Um, much easier to debug, much easier to optimize for performance. Um, so that's a pretty cool advancement. Not something that everybody sees, but you will definitely see the benefits of it. So all of that and probably plenty more, under the hood is now in preview three. Um, we have templates that are uh, baked in. And if you use that Maui check tool that I talked about at the beginning, you will actually get the templates as part of that process. And you can .dotnet new Maui right from there. We also have updated samples in the .NET uh, mobile samples. We probably need to rename that because it's got desktop in there too. <laughs> um, but we have that repository with updated samples that also include some, uh, project Reunion samples, so definitely check that out. I think that's
1: uh, that pretty much covers the highlights. Very cool. Uh, one question for you, really quick. I know that in the 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 preview two of Don 6 which included the first preview of Don Maui. I remember when I was making a video. It's kind of hard for me to that's name it. I was out, like, yeah. I called it the first preview of Don Maui instead of preview two, because it was the first preview. But anyways, I digress. Now we're all the same. We're on preview three, and it's happening. And the first uh, preview, so the most recent one that showed with P2 of at 6, that was, for all intents and purposes, very command line first for building, deploying. There was a little bit of you know VS Code experimentation in there, and I know the IDEs were waiting. Is there any update on the IDE support? Are we still waiting on that, and we're still command line heavy in this current preview, David? Right. So nothing has changed
2: there for this preview. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're looking towards Visual Studio 1610, like preview two, which uh, hopefully will coincide around the time preview four drops Mm -hmm. uh, of .NET 6. So at that point, we ought to have some good uh, IDE support, at least on the Windows side. Mac will be coming after that. Um, so, but, uh, but your experience on the Windows side will be good. And that should include hot reload. That in- should include hot restart for those who want to do direct to iOS device development, um, as well as remote iOS simulator and remote build host for the Mac. So th- definitely looking forward to that because, uh, I do enjoy some command line. I think we all enjoy it. It makes us feel like we're in the matrix, but, uh, good old visual studio is hard to beat.
0: I do have one question for you David and we ask it over and over again is there any reason why I should hold off on .net Maui or hold off on .net or .net Xamarin forms right now like should I just wait for .net Maui to come out
2: I think absolutely at this time unreservedly I would say start your projects in Xamarin forms because uh, the migration to .net Maui when that time comes will be smooth whether you do the migration uh, in the midst you know of previews, and you actually land on .net Maui when we go GA at .net Conf later this year, um, or you actually continue on with Xamarin Forms for a little bit longer and transition when you see things uh, to your liking. So, no reason not to use Xamarin Forms. The migration will be good. Now you may evaluate. .NET Maui, you know, midsummer, you know, mid- middle of the year. I shouldn't say summer because it's not summer everywhere in the middle of the year. Um, you may look at it and say, you know what, we've got everything we need here, and Dotnet Maui is is good to go. Um, and you may jump on the bandwagon there and you skip Xamarin.Forms altogether. But uh, you really can't go wrong either way. The compatibility is going to be good. The migration story is going to be good. We've got a new upgrade utility that we've seen used already to bring uh, people to .NET 6. So all, all signs point to you can't go wrong.
1: Very cool. Now, I did do a video recently just to answer that question that map proposed you, which was, should you learn Xamarin Forms now or wait for .NET MAUI? And I came basically to that same conclusion, right? Which is if you are looking to get into mobile development and you are looking for a place to start, you should start now because everything that you learn is going to apply. There's gonna be new stuff and new enhancements that'll make your life a little bit easier. Uh, but at this point, like all the layouts, all the view models, the business logic is fantastic. But I did get a lot of questions, David. So we figured we'd do a little .NET MAUI q with David. And, right and I'm going to start it off over here and Matt and I are going to go back and forth and rapid fire. I picked some of my top 5,800 on here for you. So, uh, the first one is from Tanvir. Uh, can you talk about app performance and how it will improve in .NET MAUI over Xamarin Forms? Absolutely. So, you know,
2: we've got seven years of history with Xamarin Forms, so it's not like we don't know where the performance, uh, is degraded. Um, first of all, it comes from the the wrapping of views, especially on Android, is very impactful. And so, we introduced a while back fast renderers, which help with that, and that reduced uh, that overhead of the wrapped view. But then we've also got a strong dependence on bindable object. And the notification and the communication between the plat- native platform um, and the and the middle layer, you know, your Xamarin Forms layer, uh, introduces a little bit of, of performance there as well, or you know slowness. So with the architecture of the handlers, as you compare that to renderers, first of all, you reduce that, ne- that needed wrapping. Um, and then we also have removed the dependence on bindable object. Um, there are additional performance things that are introduced. I mentioned just a little bit ago about the layout updates that we are making. So we're reducing the uh, number of iterations you do over the hierarchy of your view tree so that we make less passes. Um, and we can more directly lay things out on the screen. So that will be a, a huge benefit, um, especially as it comes to Android, which is where we see the majority of those uh, performance hits. So it's a pretty well known domain problem. Uh, you know, it's not like we're needing to learn too much here. We just now have the opportunity to actually implement these things in a pretty safe, not going to break your world way. Um, so looking forward to that early indications from some very early tests show about a three times performance boost, um, which is awesome. And we'll see if that that trend
0: continues. We're able to maintain that over time. So the next question, David, comes to us from Telus, and he asks, so with Blazor support, I guess you're meaning that you're planning to add mobile Blazer bindings to Mali. But what about the opposite? Will there be a NuGet or something similar to run Maui apps on the web? That's a good question. So I'm going to take the
2: first part first. So it's not exactly mobile Blazor bindings to Maui in terms of what we're shipping in .NET 6. Um, The the Blazor experience there is going to be a hybrid experience. The one piece from the mobile Blazor bindings that we are elevating is the Blazor web view. Um, So essentially, if you have Blazor investment in a web app or you prefer to build Razor templates and use the Blazor component model, but you want to be able to deliver it as a desktop application, then you can host that Blazor web app inside of a Blazor web view inside of a native application. And that native application is delivered by MAUI. Um, The cool thing here is if you've ever done any kind of hybrid work with anything else in the past, you typically have a JavaScript bridge or some other barrier that you have to go through in order to interact between your web JavaScript content and your uh, native content or native application. That's not the case here. You have really a seamless experience for the majority of anything that you would need to do. So. You know, from uh, a Razor template, you could be directly accessing native platform stuff, whether it's file system, permissions, GPS, you know, all the things that uh, Essentials provides. Uh, you don't have to go outside that context. So that's really, really cool. Now, there may be additional things in the Mobile Blazor bindings that we'll introduce over time. But that really depends on uh, you know the feedback that we hear. We're definitely continuing that experiment to see where it takes us. But for now, the Blazor experience in .NET 6 is going to be this hybrid experience. And then you can add additional views, add, add controls from the Maui Toolkit, where you need the native things, whether it's a new native window, et cetera, modal windows, that sort of thing. Um, on uh, the other part of the question here about running Maui apps on the web, that is not in scope for .NET 6. That is certainly something that we have heard uh, many requests for. So I would say it's seriously being considered for .NET 7. While we haven't done formal planning for .NET 7, uh, Linux and web certainly lead the category of, of things that people are most interested to see. So, um, tell us; would love to know more about what your specific needs and interests are in taking a Maui app to the web um, so that we can properly plan things on our side. We're certainly having that conversation with a lot of customers as the topic comes up to find out when you say that, what do you really mean? What does that look like to you? What are the requirements from a performance standpoint, et cetera? Um, so it's definitely an interesting thing, uh, and we look forward to tackling that. It's just not going to be part of .NET six.
1: Got to start somewhere, I say. Can't have can't have everything all at once. Got to build over time based on that customer. Got to keep demand.
2: them like wanting. Got to keep them wanting. That's right.
1: Yeah, that's right. Or you know, you want to come out with a you know a set of things that you can really fully support, full one hundred percent, then build on top of that. Uh, next question here. This is a good one. I like this because it kind of goes into this. You know, you got the Blazor stuff. You got people talking about other platforms, but you know, uh, Acap says uh, in this comment on my YouTube says, "What are these this experimental things I keep seeing when people talk about Don and Maui? They 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 say there's MVU, and then there is the Blazer Blazer stuff that early on in release posts talked about this as experimental stuff, and there's C sharp for you view, view UI." What does that actually mean for a lease? Is it going to be included? Is it not included? What is kind of that um, promise versus reality type of situation for the experimental? Because I'm assuming there's experimental for some reason on there.
2: Yeah. So experimental really means uh, we're not making a strong commitment to it and it's not going to be shipping in the box, but it's interesting enough that we think that we can learn some things from it. And one of the biggest things that we want to learn from it is what the customer demand is. What is the usefulness of this? Um, So MVU, model view update, it's a a pattern you see in products like Fabulous with F-sharp. Um, you see it uh, used in, in one way or another in Flutter, React Native, and so it's different than than MVVM, which is the dominant pattern in a lot of .NET uh, products, which is Model View View Model, uh, which relies heavily on data binding. Mbu, however, does uh, more of a, a messaging loop where it uh, you message your changes up to the application, which then makes an update to your uh, shadow DOM, if you will, and then quickly rapidly diffs and, and updates the UI. Um, it's some really cool stuff and you know one of the learnings we have from our comet experiment was the architecture of the handlers. So going back to the first question about performance, we decided upon the, way, the approach that we would take to improving the performance of Xamarin forms in.net maui because of what we learned from Comet from doing that experiment. Um, and we'll continue that experiment to see how far we can take things. Um, and in the same way you know, that we learned from the Blazer experiment, the mobile Blazer binding. So certainly we're we're being very careful to not say this is going to become a fully supported product in and of itself. Um, and we're also not saying that we're never going to take the the awesome bits that we've learned from it and bring it into our existing applications that we do ship and that we productize and we we have support you know agreements around those sorts of things. So. In terms of whether MVU becomes a fully supported product, as Comet or otherwise, and whether or not uh, you know, Blazor with the mobile bindings becomes a fully supported feature of a product, that really depends on on the customer demand and interest. So if you are interested in those things and you want to be using them, uh, at least register your interest You know, by starring and forking and liking and, and any other mechanism you can think of to get our attention. Reach out to us, share your business needs and your story with us. You know, We'd love to engage you to, to better understand that. But until we have that understanding of the real business demand and we know that it's worth us investing and, and, and backing it with Microsoft support, we're not going to bring it out of the experimental phase. So, not every experiment is going to become a product, um, but we'll we'll cross those bridges as as the value obviously dictates. Um, yeah, so I think that kind of answers pretty much all of that. If something is fully supported, uh, then it's not going to say experimental. I think that's that's pretty pretty good rule right there. That makes sense.
0: So the key of it is, if you want something bug David for it to take the experimental label off of it. That's right.
2: <laughs> right. That's at, least, that's at least one place to start. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and actually, that's one of the great things I learned ever since um, starting here at Microsoft is that how much the product teams are listening all the time. So our next one is um, next question is from Cyril. And we kind of touched on this a little bit before, but he brings up another good point here. So one, when will the previews of .NET Mali be available? And we've kind of we did touch on that before. But when should I really start testing? When should I put dotnet Maui through its paces?
2: So we are shipping every month a new.net six preview, and they will all include bumps to dotnet Maui. Um, in terms of when you should start testing, if you're if you're looking for evaluating Maui uh, as a platform to build apps with, which I'm going to make that assumption, then I would wait until May um as as the the best opportunity for you to do that uh, enough of the pieces will be there for you to get a pretty good sense of the development experience and what your dev interloop you know how how productive you feel building apps at that time because you'll have visual studio support in some fashion um and you'll have the majority of both plat of all four platforms there um if you are patient, (laughs) you could wait even a bit longer and let things stabilize a bit more. I would say if, if the primary interest in testing is more on the performance side of things, then I would wait even longer because although the pieces will be there in May, uh, the the all the controls ported will not necessarily be complete. I would imagine that it, that they won't, um, and so what that means is you'll get the performance benefits on some controls, but not all. And the not all really falls into the category of what we run with compatibility shims, um, because that is one of the nice things that we have been able to do here with the .NET MAUI architecture is still maintain strong compatibility with Xamarin Forms, because we know there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of applications out there in daily use, and we don't want to leave you behind. We want to bring you to the future.
1: The future. All right. Talking about the future, uh, Prashant here asks: uh, Is it safe to assume that XAML will still be used for UI design? Will there be changes to control names or properties? Will it overall still be XAML, or are there other kind of ways to build UIs?
2: That's a great question. Uh, so XAML is still the leading way to make uh, your UI. Uh, you have always had the option to use C Sharp, and there is a great set of extension methods in the Xamarin Community Toolkit, which will also be available in .NET Maui. That that makes it nicer for you to be able to do C Sharp only UI. Uh, in .NET MAUI, uh, which, like again, you can do that today in Xamarin Xamarin.Forms. Uh, and and you know, a little history fact, but Forms was originally created C-Sharp only. XAML was not added until just before, I think, version 1.0. Um, so it is still XAML. In terms of control names and changes, uh, the control names are not changing. Layout names are not changing. We, we evaluated that very closely and we talked to a lot of customers and developers. And while there is some interest in seeing uh, naming that is more aligned with WPF or UWP slash WinUI, um, there just wasn't strong enough evidence that it was valuable enough. Um, you know, we didn't win anything from it didn't really gain us like you know another couple million developers or anything like that. So um the majority of what we heard was you know what we're really comfortable with the with the the names that we have uh and and it wasn't hard to learn and in some cases people preferred it over other uh names and patterns. So so we're sticking with it And uh, it will be the same XAML. There will be a couple of interesting updates. Probably the one that gets referenced a lot is width request, height request, and then minimum width, minimum height, you know, maximum, uh, all those. Um, The request really throws some folks. So uh, we are actually dropping that and we are uh, reconsidering, well, not reconsidering, we are rewriting that logic so that it is more of a contract. So it's going to be width and height. Uh, min-width, min-height, max, et cetera. So that is one change. Uh, There may be a couple of other changes. We did today just uh, have a conversation about colors. Um, So if you ever use the named colors in C Sharp, it's on the color class, which actually makes the color class quite cumbersome. And we are going to be taking a dependency. uh, It may, may have been done by the time this comes out on the Maui Graphics Library which has its own implementation where all of your named colors are on a colors plural class and then your color methods are on the color class um, and your, your actual color object. So it makes more sense. It's a better design. Um, we just had a conversation with some library maintainers about it. Nobody threw up any huge red flags. So there may be a little bit of a, a change there, but uh, that really actually doesn't impact XAML if unless you're doing like converters, but that's not even XAML either. So more of a C sharp thing, but that's kind of where we're at with that. Um, We're not ripping XAML out or any any of those kinds of crazy things in in .NET 6. Um, But we are looking at, you know, Comet and Blazor and there are other options out there. So um, our modern trends going a different direction, you know, but XAML is here to stay. People love XAML. I love XAML. It's good to go.
0: I love XAML too. It's not going anywhere. You heard it here. Thank you, David. <laughs> you
2: know there tends to be there tends to be fear around these things. You know, I, I remember mm-hmm. speaking at a, a user group in Toronto back when we were allowed to travel, and uh, the question came up when I showed Comet. Hey, uh, I just learned all this XAML stuff. Did I make a bad choice for my career? Absolutely not. You know, we are not in the game of ripping out your livelihoods. Um, we've you know lessons have been learned. Decisions have been made. So no, XAML's is good to go. Even if even if, you know, some trend changed things, XAML will still be an option for you.
0: That's good to hear. And so this next question kind of dovetails with that one about things being there or not being there. And it's from Kevin. And he says, What if my main platform is desktop and not mobile? Does it make sense to start already with that? Or two, I mean, is .NET MonWay going to support desktop?
2: Oh, definitely supports desktop and uh, all the same, you know, productivity stuff that you get with Visual Studio. Once that is is out and shipping in that uh, sixteen ten preview two around that time, then you're gonna you're gonna have a really productive experience no matter which way you go. I would say that, and, and we've heard this from Xamarin Forms developers. Desktop is actually a really productive way to go, even if you're targeting mobile. So, you know, being able to stand up a Windows desktop application and use hot reload with that and iterate on that. And then when, when the time comes, bundle it and ship it to Android and iOS uh, can be a really good way to go because dealing with emulators and simulators is an additional complexity that can be a hassle at times. Um, and whereas desktop, you know, your, your start times are faster, your deploy times are faster, your hot reloads. Typically faster, so it's a great way to go. Now, you know we just introduced WinUI three with Project Reunion. Um, I would say, you know, looking towards Preview four, I would I would definitely uh, recommend that as your jumping in point to to start with desktop. And but you know, again, you know, even if you started with mobile right now and you, you're just doing iOS and Android stuff, as soon as that desktop stuff lights up for you. You, you don't have to rewrite anything. It's it's all the same code, so you're pretty much good to go. Again, I feel like this is one of those you-can't-really-go-wrong questions, answers.
1: All right, so another good one here. You mentioned this a little bit when it comes to performance and how a lot of the base layouts are being rewritten. Branimir asks, and this is a good question I don't actually know the answer to, is does .NET MAUI include measurement and layout management for Android, like a new implementation um, or does it let Android do its own measurement and layout management, you know, and which one is more performant? I think that's what Brandon Mer was asking is like, in the past, informs the layout system, you know, in general, anything could maybe have performance issues. I never really had any, but, you know, could, mm-hmm. and, um, or you're just gonna allow the underlying system to do layout systems.
2: Yeah, so I'm going to guess that Branamir probably knows that Android layout management is where the 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 bulk of Android performance issues lie mm-hmm. um, natively. So that uh, that is a, that is a good question. Um, the way that .NET MAUI does layout measurement, you know, the whole uh, life cycle of that um, is, is really a combination of cross-platform and the native platform. So, we, we need to know certain things from the native platform about what it, what sizing it's expecting to give us, and then we can do the things on our part. Um, as I mentioned previously, we are uh, refactoring the way in which we do layout measurement um, in in The way that we're doing that is bringing a lot of that logic up into a cross-platform layout manager, and then uh, optimizing our interactions with the native platform. So to go any deeper beyond that, uh, I would be speaking out of the, you know, not the smartest part. So uh, (laughs) I would definitely refer you to the GitHub to learn more in detail about that. And uh, easy heart is uh, an engineer on the team who probably is the best one to ask questions about that too. Um, you know, we have discussions open on our GitHub. That would be a good one to, to open a discussion on and, and see what kinds of responses you get from the engineering team.
1: Yeah. I'd love to see some deep dive blog posts or uh, leading up to the release talking about like a lot of these under the hood changes and enhancements mm-hmm. and tweaks back and forth. I think that'd be really fun.
2: Yeah, we actually, we have some planned, um, Mm. and and then we're just starting them, but, uh, the first ones will probably be around the application and the handlers. And then as we, as the layout stuff gets more fully baked, I think we'll, we'll be able to do it then. It's still,
0: it's still baking. It's still, it's still gooey in the middle. (laughs) Nice. So this next question, David, comes from Douglas, and this could be actually the $60,000 question, depending on how crazy you want to get. But with .NET MAUI, will you be able to develop for iOS without needing a Mac computer? Uh, so, Yes. Uh,
2: you can develop that iOS application without needing a Mac computer connected. Um, where you will need to introduce the Mac, as is, is this still the case today with Xamarin Forms, is when you need to do your full code signing and publishing for distribution. Um, there are also perhaps a few other platform-specific caveats where you're going to need a Mac to get involved. But by and large, your day-to-day development when using .NET Maui you with your Windows machine and your trusty iOS device uh, can happily go on your way developing all the functionality of your application. Um, So that is still the case in .NET MAUI. And uh, yeah, I think that's one of the most exciting things. And really, no matter how many times we say it, it's almost like nobody believes it. And so we keep getting the question. It's (laughs) like, I've heard this rumor I'm not sure if it's true is kind of how it sounds. Um, it's true. You can develop an iOS application with your Windows machine and an iOS device.
1: <laughs> I uh, I agree with you. It does seem like oh, oh, over and over again, I'm telling people this and uh, proving it to them and showing it to them. And and that's one of the cool parts. I think about Don and Maui, is you're getting all those productivity um, tools and enhancements that Xamarin Forms has today. So you don't even have to wait to do this stuff. Like that's a cool art. All right. Um, Next one, this one's a little bit more involved. I think it goes to your earlier question, which is, you know, there's .NET Mountain. There's also something called Blazor Desktop. Can you talk about maybe the differences between these two pieces of technology? Sure. So I think it'll become pretty solid
2: in everybody's minds once you actually see this stuff shipping in previews. it's it's actually all one and the same <laughs> there is really there's no difference um, the only difference is, is in how you use the technology so a maui application if you just add a blazor web view control to the screen in c sharp or xaml you now have a blazor desktop application if you have a, if you start a new Blazer desktop application and you just ignore the Blazer web view and you go about creating buttons and and edit entries and uh, you know all the different controls that Maui has, well, that's Maui. So. It's just .net. It's all .net, and it all works together. I know it's. Uh, it, it seems like they're two different things, but they have a whole lot more in common than you would imagine. And because we're using the same technology investment to deliver both experiences, really this this question is more of a what kind of developer are you? Are you more comfortable doing native platform things in the .net Maui style, or are you more comfortable with HTML and CSS, and you want to be able to have a hybrid experience and dabble? In the native platform controls where you need to, then Blazor Desktop is your is your starting point. But that same solution, that same file new experience, can go absolutely either way, um, and you don't have to make that decision before you start your application. You can just file new whichever one you think makes the most sense for for your app, and you could get into it and say, you know what, I'm going to go the other direction, and I'm going to spend more time in the in the native controls, or I'm going to spend more time in the HTML. And you don't have to rewrite your application. You don't have to regenerate the templates or anything. It's really, it's really that simple. So it's pretty cool. Um, and I think, like I said, I think that'll be more solid in people's minds once you actually have some some bits and some templates to pull down
1: and start looking at. All right, one last one here for you from Asiko. Uh, this one's probably uh, just something that people don't really know too much about because. If you're building, uh, let's say, an iOS application in Swift or Objective-C, obviously Apple will have no problem accepting your application through the App Store. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how Xamarin and .NET MAUI are compiled that, you know, abide by the App Store regulations like the other frameworks out there too?
2: Yeah, I mean, we say all the time that uh, Xamarin Forms is, is native and .NET MAUI is native. And sometimes people kind of, you know, further brow at us and they're like oh really no really it is as a matter of fact in the current survey i asked the question do you ever hear from your customers or your users or other developers Certain things, and one of those questions was that Xamarin is not native, and it comes up, which is 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 just baffling because it is true, it, it is native, and where it applies to this particular topic is underneath the hood, we are using the same compilers. Yes, we do have a .NET compiler that's involved, and we compile the .NET code, and we ahead of time compile, um, and we do have the Mono runtime in there. But then, you know, to deliver the actual bytecode and whatnot to Apple when submish- submitting, it's going through the same compilers that you would be using if you're using Swift and Objective C. So, you know, all the same security checks and and all the goodness that you get and you expect, it's all there. Um, and so, you know, there's I I, I don't know uh, in terms of like security updates and particular problems. I've never heard of an issue. I've never seen an issue reported from a customer uh, that was ever, you know, like, hey, we got rejected for this reason or that reason. Um, and we work very closely with Apple too. So we have relationship. And we we worked through some some bumps from an update that they themselves posted last year and were able to resolve for customers. Um, it, it's a good relationship. We've never had any concerns that .NET apps would be rejected censored in any way. Um, All all indications are that it's it's still a a good relationship and we can have confidence knowing that when you build an application with .NET, it's going to continue to get accepted into the Apple Store under the same uh, regulations as any other application, no matter how it's built. I mean, and, and if you were to decompile and inspect an, an IPA application, uh, the code, the byte code and whatnot would look just like a app built in Objective-C and Swift.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, the thing, too. There's many, many across-platform frameworks out there. So they're all doing similar things where everything is natively compiled and mm-hmm. into bytecode like you're saying and I've been shipping apps for 10 years and yeah I haven't had no issues ever and I also remember that the app model right I think that sometimes if you come from a traditional .net background you understand how .net is deployed on windows but that is extremely different from even how .net core is is, is released and and of course how Xamarin applications and .NET MAUI applications with .NET are compiled and bundled right and And mobile applications themselves are sandboxed Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that are are very different deployment uh, from other things. So you're not like sharing a runtime or .NET with other applications. It's all bundled natively into your application. So that's a thing to sort of remember there, too, is is it's a very different app model than you're used to. And it's all compiled up, like David said. There you go! Wow, Q and A done, crushed it. <laughs> Ooh, that was good. You uh, should you should do more YouTubing. I don't know. Are you into the YouTubing thing? I'm I'm all about those YouTubes. Got i I've been I've been dabbling in the YouTubes. I've been trying to do more. You know, longer form Xamarin one hundred and one videos and Xamarin forms one hundred and one videos to kind of walk through some things and I, I, I will link to some of the Donna and maui videos i've done I, i'm i'm excited because you talked about the maui check i was an early beta to te- internal beta tester <laughs> for for john dick he's like run this random thing on your computer oh, oh okay sure and then uh it's all red john i don't I don't know what this says. bad <laughs> i was like okay i'll try try this one i was like okay so that was fun uh, but yeah uh so yeah we'll, we'll put a few links to the youtube's in the uh notes but you know if you're also looking maybe you're brand new you're just randomly tuning in this podcast because the title was interesting we have an upcoming event called let's learn.net uh c sharp we've been doing these let's learn.net events jamie singleton from my team runs these have different guests the first one was on web api other one was on microservices this month it is on c sharp at the end of the month the last friday in the month or so um it's going to be Two-hour event, live stream, completely free. Everything you need to know, what tools you need, how to learn in the browser, stepping you through getting started with C Sharp. That's going to be absolutely delightful. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. And beyond the .NET MAUI news, um, Matt, we just got uh, one little article that I wrote about a little uh, update to my app that I did. You know, funny, you David, you're talking about all the, you know, features in, in, in .NET MAUI and how Xamarin forms says all these great things. I've been obviously loving Xamarin.Forms 5, and we talked about it heavily on the podcast, but I, I rewrote one of my setting screens, and I was heavily inspired by one of your applications. It's funny. If you look at this blog post, there's like an evolution of David did a, David did a sample, and he had these really cool radio button things for, for uh, the theme. Mm-hmm. And I stole it and I turned that into a blog post about radio buttons and how item templates are awesome. And then I took that work and I created a brand new setting screen for my cadence application. I started with the table view, which tried and true table view, everyone loves a table view in their life. Uh, and I talked about like the downfalls of how I wanted to create a very beautiful UI and I wanted it to be exactly the same between iOS and Android. And I use this card view UI with your theming and these radio buttons. And I dove through like an example of what you may do. You can't just copy and paste this code because it's my, it's literally my application with my styles, but sort of a, here's what it looks like. And I put a little video in there that I think is just real elegant of dynamically changing the system themes or manually changing them. So if you're looking for some inspiration uh, on your settings screen, here it is. And I, and I do believe rewriting my setting screen has increased the, uh, in-app purchase, um, conversion, uh, much, much better. It's much more clear what you're getting, how to do it, things like that. So, uh, it's very delightful.
2: Yeah. That, um, that settings, that radio button templating was inspired by the fluent UI, uh, design that is on, uh, there's a website where you can go uh, basically generate a whole theme using the Fluent UI design system. But they also show different controls and how they expect them to be used and what they expect them to look like. And that was basically one of the radio button templates, but then applied to theme switching. So I was pretty pleased with it. It looks cool and it shows how easy it is to really kind of implement Fluent UI design patterns yourself.
1: Yeah, I agree. I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, we're really excited for the upcoming blog posts. And if we do get any, we'll put them in the show notes. I'm super excited. And the .NET 6 Preview 3 stuff too. Super excited for that. But that's going to do it for the .NET MAUI and Xamarin and C Sharp updates. Now it moves on to our cloud news. Matt, what do you got
0: for us? Well, yeah, James, everybody loves some Docker and some Kubernetes. Do you even know what that is? No, I don't. But we had a whole you mentioned let's learn.net, C sharp in April. Well, March was Let's Learn.net and microservices. And so we did a whole with Jamie and Shane, Jamie Singleton and Shane Boyer did a whole show where they actually walked through a learn module and they answered a bunch of questions about what microservices were and are. And uh, the funny thing is is that when we were talking about containers and Docker and Kubernetes, the big ship happened to be stuck in a Suez Canal and nobody Asked Shane about it. That's true. How could you not? But it doesn't matter. So, I mean, we still have the show. It's of course, it's on channel nine, and I would highly encourage everybody to go check it out because it's a nice intro to what microservices are and how you can um use those in containers. And um, yeah, it's totally worth checking out. And the other thing I wanted to point out is our good friend Nishanil, who I think he's on your team, James. That's correct. Um put together this amazing document about going and learning all about like how to build cloud native apps, which has a lot to do with microservices and um, putting together um, serverless apps on like links out to all these ebooks and all these resources on how to go out and do all this stuff. So it's like this 101 for .NET developers to learn all things cloud I'm going to say cloud-native. And all cloud-native means is that you're thinking about developing for the cloud first. And I, it, there's like, well, I don't know, 20 different books out here that you can go download and learn. <laughs> Not 20, but there's a lot. And it, yeah, it's totally cool and something you should uh, check it out.
1: Yeah, and actually, he's about to have uh, another blog post uh, the, tomorrow, I think, you know before the podcast comes out, but after we record, which is answering your top questions from that Let's Learn event. So there's tons of questions came in. And Nish, of course, he's he's over in, in, in India, so it was a different time zone for him on the Friday. So he didn't get to attend live, but he went through all the chat log, picked out the top five themed questions, and answered all of them with resources. Many of these are in the eBooks too. And then we're putting the video in there too. So we'll link to that too. And additionally, to cap it off, because it was all microservices, Nish came on, a lot of Nish, because he, he's, he's really on my team. He's cloud native microservices, you know what I mean? And Um, what's great is that he has a Xamarin background. So I asked him to come on the Xamarin show and do, uh, an introduction to microservices for mobile developers and creating your first microservice for your mobile application and uh, what you can do with it. So there's two videos on the Xamarin show where he just talks about terminology. What is a container? What is a microservice, What is an orchestrator? What is a Docker? What are the files? All these things walks through all of them, why? Why should you care about microservices? What's involved in it? It's really elegant, it's great. We'll link to that. But then the second video is building your first one, locally testing it. And what he does is he uses Kubernetes and what he's able to do is have his mobile application speak to one endpoint. So let's say it's mysite.azurewebsites.net slash API pizza. But because of how Kubernetes can do routing, he can change between a V1, a V2, a dev, or a prod for an endpoint, and his mobile application doesn't have to change anything. So you can upgrade your backend and your endpoints easily across your mobile applications by using this microservice t- technology to sort of open a gate, if you will, to, to change the lane. It's kind of like a train changes tracks. So you can easily do that. So it's good videos, definitely check it out. Uh, lots of microservice stuff, but that's going to bring it up to our service of the month. Matt, what you got for us?
0: I was looking around on Azure for Azure documentation. Like, what can we pick for the Azure Service of the Month? And to find out, I had no idea this even existed, is that we have an Azure health bot. Hmm. Yeah. What does um, that do? So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. What does that do? And so what this this health bot does It's great for like you can go in and like if you have like it's screening for questions, like do you have a fever today? You know, have you been around somebody like the last 14 days? So like this, like a telemedicine or going into uh, health insurance, stuff like that. And there's an API for it. So you get this pre-built like starter kit and then you can kind of customize it for what you need. And so, yeah, it's pretty neat. You have a bot. And then you customize, and it's already built for healthcare, and you kind of tweak it a little bit for exactly what you need with your API. And you can hand it off to Teams and all that other other good stuff that we have built in. And, um, yeah, or even like a live agent. Pretty cool stuff.
1: Nice. I like that. I actually went to the dentist recently, which is very scary. And also, awesome. I love the dentist, but they had that type of thing. But it was a piece of paper, so this would have been a lot better, actually. Um, I like that. I'm going to check that out. And that's going to bring us to our final segment, our Pick of the pod. If David's still around, David, do you got a pick of the pod? Do you even know about the pick of the pod? Did you do a pick of the pod last time? Pick of the pick pod. Pick
2: of the pod. I feel like I did. Just this my favorite thing from the podcast?
1: No. Favorite, you know, it's like any, okay, if you're brand new to the podcast, because David is obviously, um, this is a library, a service, a GitHub project, a poor, poor anything, anything pick of the pod that is exciting. I'm going to give you time to think about it because my pick of the pod is Visual Studio 2019 16.9 XAML code generation for MVVM. I also did a YouTube video on this and a blog post, which we'll put in there. But this is the most amazing thing in the world. Let's say that you have a, you know, data binding. You're creating a UI in XAML for WPF, UWP, or Xamarin Forms, and soon MAUI. And imagine you're like text label and you're like text equals binding first name, but the first name doesn't exist in your view model. What are you going to do? Well, all you got to do is hit that little light bulb and it will automatically generate the property for you and implement, I notify property or the command for you automatically. It is mind boggling. Amazing. Uh, I talked to the engineering team on this today and very excited for what they're doing and what they have planned. Um, but it is spectacular, and if you're interested in this, it's in the current release, 16.9 of Visual Studio 2019. It is amazing, and I can't wait for everybody to use this feature because it blows my mind, and it's my pick of the pod, pick of the pod.
2: All right, I got one. Okay. Uh, so I would normally say, and this is my little excuse to be able to say two things, I would normally say the Xamarin Forms Community Toolkit because I noticed they added shadow support, mm-hmm. but... Since this is one that I don't think many people know about, uh, I mentioned earlier the Comet experiment. In order to support that, James Clancy, the author of the experiment, has shipped his experimental Comet extension for Visual Studio Code. Now, what's interesting about this is that uh, because... Comment is based on MAUI and .NET 6 things. Uh, it also works for other .NET 6 scenarios such as .NET MAUI. So don't look now, but if you want to go enjoy some experimental VS Code .NET 6 things, check out the Comment extension and use that in combination with a .NET new MAUI project in Preview 3. And you can debug, you can edit, you don't get great XAML IntelliSense, but it's pretty sweet to see some of these things lighting up from the community,
0: if you will, in Visual Studio Code.
1: Nice. Cool. How about you, Matt?
0: All right. So I'm going to talk about, we hit on this a little bit last time, but I really am digging the Learn Live modules, I'll call them, that, we're, that we've been doing lately. So what it is, is that you're going over a actual Microsoft Learn module with the experts to help you out through it. So you're actually sitting, it's like going to a workshop at a conference and you are be able to ask questions as you walk through a learn module. And I want to see what's coming up so I can help people understand. So like one of them that we did recently was like, oh, we did a ton of Azure SQL fundamentals. So you can actually sit down, learn live and actually ask like the product team, you know, what's going on? How do I use Azure SQL? And uh, sit down, learn live, with the experts and um yeah it's like a full workshop at your fingertips at your convenience
1: very cool i like it well there you go that is another xamarin podcast in the bucket if you will in the bin Uh, we appreciate everyone being here and of course let us know what your questions are uh, you can go ahead and leave comments on that page or tweet us so i'll put all the links in the show notes Anything you want, and we will be following up next month on another Xamarin podcast. Thanks for listening.